Hello and welcome to the Tech in the Hood podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed Flex Omar. Tech in the Hood is a storytelling podcast that explores the past, present, and future of Chicago's cultural identity through conversations about community and technology. Each week, I reconnect with the friends and mentors who have shared this journey and spotlight new voices and innovators building the future of the tech in the hood. Welcome back to Tech in the Hood, the show that brings you all things art, business, culture, and of course, technology. We're back in the studio with our dear friend, Sean Michael Warren. Most of you all remember Sean from season one. You, a lot of you uh, commented on his uh, reels. Sean, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, I should have said world renowned. You're, you're the man now, Sean. <laughs> Some interesting things have taken place, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, interesting is not quite the word. <laughs> you know, you're, you're BBC <clears throat> minted. Oh, yeah. BBC Minted, I like you're that. You're in over 80 publications. I mean, mm-hmm. let's, I mean, people, yeah. people by now know, you know, what, what occurred, but mm-hmm. tell us what happened, man. So, uh, on December 13th, we unveiled the long awaited portrait of Oprah Winfrey at the Smithsonian's National Portrait Gallery. And, Q and uh, everybody clapping from all over the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was a long time coming. Uh, I received this commission about two and a half years ago. Um, and it was, you know, a lot of patience. It was a lot of planning and a lot of keeping our mouth shut. Uh, you know, it's yeah. very. I tell people three years. Just makes it <laughs> feel better because then they so ask three like, years. which okay. month was it? Well, I'm like three years. Okay, we'll, we'll just say three years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was um, <clears throat> it was a long-awaited project and a lot of moving pieces took place, mm-hmm. you know, from the time I first got commissioned all the way to the unveiling itself. And uh, for those that have seen it uh, in whatever part of the world they're in, uh, yeah, it's... It's a lot of stories behind that and, you know, what led to it and, you know, the planning around it. And it's, you know, to be in the center of all of that is just really, really something. And now, you know, having some time, you know, being removed from it, um, I've had some time to really reflect and to look back and to actually, you know, be in a state of gratitude with all that has happened and, you know, everything that led to this point and then everything that has, you know, transpired after it, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was truly an experience that I will never forget. And it really meant a lot to have the most important people in my life there. In addition to, you know, my, uh, my, my business partners and, you know, my collectors, you know, people that really, you know, believed in me, you know, before I became, you know, what I am now. And, and that meant a lot. It was my gift to them, you know, for them to experience all of that, you know. So the most gratifying and fulfilling part of it all was my day ones being there. Yeah, I mean, you titled your uh, speech a love letter to my village. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. But I want to know, what did you feel at that exact moment when you and Miss Oprah Winfrey both took out the veil of the piece? Uh, for me, it was relief. 
Uh, it was finally, this moment is here. Uh, there has been, like I said, there's been a lot of waiting. There's been uh, a lot of uh, anticipation for it. Um, you know, by the time we dropped the veil, there was just complete relief for me. And she I know- screams? At first I didn't. Like when that curtain dropped, it was kind of like a blackout moment for me. Uh, I was fixated on Miss Winfrey's reaction, you know, to the point where I tuned out all the noise. And I didn't even know the screams were that loud until I watched video well after the event was over, you know. So, you know, it, it was really interesting in that moment because it was as if, and I have these moments where, you know, I create a work or something is, you know, very, um, something that I'm doing is very publicized. Um, I have these moments where it's like, it's as if mentally I've tuned everything and everyone out. Um, or I'm, if I'm fixated on one thing, you know, everything else just does not exist in that moment. So I just became deaf to the screams in that, in that moment. And, you know, seeing her reaction, you know, that, that gasp and yeah, just that, picture, that, that picture that uh, went viral, <laughs> the one that just, went viral, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, to see that, to see her reaction, uh, and to see that look of, you know, uh, shock, but joy, I mean, she really, I mean, she stood at it for a minute, you know, um, that was a very gratifying uh, reaction, you know, and, you know, one of the most. And it was her first time seeing it. It was. And people kept asking, uh, people kept actually, actually asking us throughout, like, you know, has she seen it? What did she think about it? And I said, she hasn't seen it. Wait, she hasn't seen it? Are you sure? I said, I'm pretty sure she hasn't seen it. You know, I don't think the first time, I don't think she'll see it for the first time until the day of. So. Um, what's funny is as we're walking to the portrait, she said, I haven't seen it. <laughs> and I said, you know, for those that kept asking there, there's your answer, you know? So, uh, to experience her first reaction to it, uh, you know, that was really something to see. Uh, it's very, it takes a lot of trust to number one, um, put into someone to capture your image uh, your likeness, uh, your essence, but also it's another thing when uh, that person that is, you know, pretty much depicting your likeness on canvas, it's another thing to trust them with how they view you too, you know, because they are putting themselves in it as well, that how they perceive you, how they think of you. Um, it's a part of the narrative of the artist and the muse. You know, you think of different you know, iconic portraits throughout history where, you know, a muse or, or the model is, is depicted a certain way. They're given prestige. They're given this sense of, you know, beauty. There's something about them that, you know, the viewer can't take their eyes off of. And it credit, you have to credit the artists that captured them in that moment. You know, it leaves different feelings of, you know, wonderment, uh, mystery. You think of the uh, Da Vinci painting of Mona Lisa, which is one of the most mysterious iconic works of art of all time. You know, there's like, who is she? You know, who is, uh, what's her story? You know, what is, you know, this, this whole like mystery behind her, uh, and behind, you know, uh, why Da Vinci painted that portrait, you know, it's, it's all a part of, you know, that canon of art history and the art of the portrait, you know, so, and those are some of the elements I thought of when, you know, I discussed this whole thing with Miss Winfrey initially, you know, I, I asked her, how did you want to be depicted? And not towards us, but towards the, towards the generations that don't exist yet. Oh, you mean when she was calling you when we were having 
dinner or lunch at Carmine's in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, um, you know, when we had our initial talk uh, back in May of 2021, um, that was one of the initial questions I really wanted her to ponder on, because if you think about uh, world history, you think about art history, the portrait is a lot of people's window into a person's life uh, and their their deeds and their time, you know, here on Earth. You know, and one thing I wanted her to understand is that long after we're gone, you know, there are going to be generations that come along where that portrait is their first introduction to her. So, you know, to see how she reacted to it and to how the crowd reacted to it and even how the world reacted to it, you know, it's been really uh, something to see. Um, but I am, you know, truly honored to have been the one tasked with, you know, capturing her, her image and likeness and you know, this is our gift to uh, not only the Smithsonian Institution, but to, you know, generations now and later that will be able to experience, you know, that piece uh, within the National Portrait Gallery. That's that's amazing, man. So I know you talked about um, the first time, you know, she saw it. Mm -hmm. I can relate because when we worked on um, La Reina Calafia, mm -hmm. and even though I was with you on every step of the way from the ideation to the research to figuring out the fabric and you know and styling you know our friend nidra who modeled for us and mm. all of that but then the first time i saw the piece it was uh when it was getting framed mm -hmm. and i remember i just stood there you know for a minute mm -hmm. until <laughs> you tapped my shoulder and you said, are you okay, man? <laughs> you were there for a minute. And um, I remember that day we actually had to uh, select the frame for the piece, mm -hmm. you know, and a uh, good choice, by the way, I think it really works perfectly with, uh, with the painting, but. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm like, no, no expenses are gonna be spared on this one. Of course not, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. But this, you know. This is going to Madrid to the ambassador. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the overall point of doing a work of art. Mm -hmm. You want people to stop and stare and have that sense of awe and wonderment. And, you know, I don't profess to be one of the greatest painters ever, but I will say that, you know, to be able to create work that does move people, yeah. you know, that we does. We surgeon Surgeon General's warning in your case because... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you know, someone has a particular condition <laughs> he should be warned before before uh beforehand you know but continue warning uh so yeah it, it, it's uh yeah that's true <laughs> so um you know that's what i aim for with my work you know i don't just create work for myself i create with the viewer in mind for me i want to uh not only inspire and to, you know, cause, you know, the viewer to stop and to, and to look, but I also want them to be educated too. You know, I want them to ask questions. I want them to, you know, be curious. And that's something that a portrait tends to do. You know, whenever you go into any museum around the world, you see a portrait and it's a face you don't recognize. Okay. Who is this person? You know, what have they done in history? Why were they important enough to be in this institution? Uh, why were they important enough to be captured by, you know, whoever that artist is, you know, and it sends people down a rabbit hole 
of that individual, whether it's, you know, fictional, a fictional character or someone that, you know, actually lived, you know, and that's what I, I love about portraiture. And, you know, one of the things that Miss um, Winfrey got you know, like right away was the fact that, you know, this is something that is supposed to give people a, 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 um, a lens into who you are, you know, and, and the kind of person you are, you know, um, I mean, you captured her perfectly. Thank you. And, Thank you. Uh, I remember when we were at her place and, you know, we were doing the photo shoot mm -hmm. in Santa Barbara at her place. She was just so, so playful, mm -hmm. you know, so kind. I mean, there was, I was, I was nervous. <laughs> because we didn't have and I was in work mode, so yeah, I really wasn't were, doing a lot yeah, of smiling were, or anything. Yeah, I was, oh, for sure. No, yeah. what's funny is we have her on camera mm -hmm. telling you to smile. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and he's like, "You got to." She said, "You got to loosen up." Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so it was fun. <laughs> that was that was that was hilarious. You know, yeah, but I was, was wearing big was. big Hollywood glasses. I'm like, she's not gonna see them, my eyes. <laughs> yeah, but because we didn't have a like a pre. <sighs> pre-production you know meeting mm -hmm. really just landed lax picked up darius yeah and, went straight to santa barbara and went straight to santa barbara yeah, yeah right so we're literally and that was my first time meeting darius mm -hmm. we get to know each other blah 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 trying to figure out um how we're gonna you know run this shoot and you know so on and god god bless man like you picked the right guy um mm -hmm. to capture her you know essence which is funny is because both of you capture her essence mm -hmm. you know one yeah. with the lens one with the brush mm -hmm. you know uh, your mom gave um darius a special name the apostle of the lens <laughs> what's so interesting is um we actually met <clears throat> we met because of uh because of nidra uh, at That's a Grammy right. party in 2016. She goes by La Lorena Calafia. She's Calafia. She's Queen Calafia continue, now. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we, we met because she walked up to him and just said, you look like somebody we were supposed to know at a Grammy so, party, at a Grammy party, 2016. And, um, you know, about half an hour goes by, we're having conversation and, you know, find out he's from Chicago. Uh, actually, the way we found out he, uh, he was from Chicago was when we were, we were exchanging numbers. And he started, oh, 773. You're like, wait a minute. You're from, you're from the crib? You know, so. <laughs> you're from the crib. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then it was like that whole Chicago element just like, you know, really hit, you know, and we, we, we hit it off like instantly. But the one thing I noticed about him, and this was around the time he was just really starting the Carter's Touch. Um, oh, he wow. was, uh, yeah, I, I just would see him do a lot of like shooting. I had been on a couple of shooting projects with him doing B-roll footage. And I would just look at his images. I'm like, dude, like you're, you're more than what I've seen photographers do. Like you are an artist. And the way you capture life is is distinct from mm -hmm. what I've seen other photographers do. So over the you know the last seven years, you know I've seen him just really continue to refine and master you know the craft of photography. And now he's actually going into fine art as a photographer. You know uh, he's his evolution has really been something to see. So when it came to this project, there was nobody else. There was nobody else I considered, you know, and one thing about him, he understands my creative approach. 
he understands, you know, how I work and how I want to approach something and how, you know, even though we might have limited time to capture something, like he knows how to to get it right. He knows he's, like he's your AI. Got it. <laughs> you just give him you just give him the prompt. Yeah. And sometimes I don't have to tell him anything. He just, you know, he knows what to do. And that's, you know, over time understanding one another's approach to the craft and also mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's just it's an, it's a very unspoken thing, you know, when it comes to us as as creatives. You know, he knows exactly how I look at things, I perceive things, and our friend uh, Zoe Wesson, who's a director, he said, you approach painting like a director does. You know, like a director approaches a movie, so he knows my, uh, he knows my eye, you know? Both of them are really incredible. And they are. Miss Winfrey said something funny about both of them. Yeah, what's so funny is, and I was telling Miss Winfrey since uh, uh, Zoe couldn't be there during the unveiling, you know, he had sent uh, Kayla and Asia, who did a phenomenal, job just getting archival footage of that day um you know she was saying you know i remember zoe zoe brought the sun with him you know and said the same thing about darius when we shot at her home you know last april she said you know it's like having you know the sun he had the aperture 1200 light darius set a standard when it came to you know the quality and and professionalism you know with his you know with his craft you know and she kept raving about the light all day long. Yeah, she's, you know. she said, don't bring that 600 army. <laughs> right. 1200. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Darius has the same level uh, of, um, of care and yeah. approach when it comes to, you know, the type of work that he does. And it's similar to, you know, how I work. So, you know, for any, you know, special projects that I do, you know, where I require references, it's hard to, you know, be able to work from life and have a person, you know, you know, pose for you hours on end every single day. It's not the 19th century, you know, um, ideally I would like to, because I, I do enjoy working from life, mm-hmm. but because we were limited, we had one day to get all the references, you know, there was nobody else but him, you know, and that will continue to be the story for, for other projects to come. You know, he is, he's my ace. And what a day. What a day that was. Yeah, I mean, no, and no. to your point, saying that she was very playful, um, one of the things that I had discussed with her is, you know, I wanted it to be somewhere where she felt comfortable. I didn't want the formal uh, Oprah Winfrey. You know, I wanted the Oprah Winfrey that was comfortable uh, and that was around, that was in an environment where she could really be herself. Uh, and yeah, she looks very formal and regal in the in the in the gown that she wore. But it was um, important that she got to be the playful version of her. You know, you she's at the home. artist, the fashion designer who made the dress. Yeah, and I didn't even know he was going to be there. Uh, Christian Siriano, who did a phenomenal job on the on the dress, and I didn't know it was a short time that they put that whole thing together, which is really crazy. So you yeah, know, the backstory and all of this is just it incredible was. I mean, our we pre-production there, was on the way there. You know, yeah, <laughs> we we had barely any time to prep. He barely had any time to do the dress. So <laughs> everything came together very quickly on all ends of we this. We gotta sh- give a shout out to her hair and makeup team. Oh, for sure. Um, and day. yeah, they were really- uh, Derek and Nicole Rosario. Yes, right? yes. Um, Nicole Mangrum and, uh, and Derek Rutledge. I mean, they were phenomenal. They actually helped, you know, guide me in terms of how she likes to be, you know, uh, how she likes to be depicted, you know, uh, what to do, what not to do, you know, what her, what her best angles are, you know, just all of that, you know, played a role in how 
uh, ultimately I, you know, painted the, uh, the portrait. So, you know, the, the entire team, even, uh, Nicole Nichols, uh, Joan Kim, I mean, the entire crew was just phenomenal working with us. Uh, they were just, just so easy to, to yeah, work uh, with. And then there was a Chicago, Chicago connections. connections. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Chicago connections felt, there. Felt like going to auntie's home. Yeah, it's like, you know, it, it, it felt like you were going to see the relative you barely ever see. But whenever you go there, yeah. it was it's always a good time. It's For always sure. a good time. So, you know, it, it was a lot of fun, you know, despite, you know, how little time we had to actually prepare for it. You know, everything came out wonderfully. Uh, the dress itself, my Christian, you know, the shoot we did, we took over 600 different images. You know, not once did I have to tell her how to pose, you know. Um, she was just herself, you know, throughout and that helped, you know, so that creative synergy was there, you know, the entire time. So, so it's funny when we were at the brunch mm -hmm. after, uh, the unveiling mm -hmm. and she was telling the backstory to our family members and our friends that were there. Um, she talked about, you know, how much she trusted you mm -hmm. throughout the whole process mm -hmm. and she didn't call once and bother you mm. and one thing she said is when she saw the mural in chicago mm -hmm. you got her nose right <laughs> and that was it yeah and out of uh you know with the, with the backstory with um and we're gonna actually this should be my next question is she looked at a lot of artists mm-hmm the Smithsonian have been trying to get her to uh, commission and, you know, they'll commission the artist, but to pick an artist, mm -hmm. right? And she gave a number. I'll let you tell us what that number is, how many artists, you know, she looked at. Mm -hmm. So if you could give us that answer and also like, mm -hmm. how did the commissioning, you know, happen? What's mm -hmm. the backstory there? So this whole thing was over the course of some years. Um, and she said she looked at, uh, I think, what is it, 227 artists, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 227 artists uh, in total. Uh, and she was looking at them in, in, in groups, you know, and uh, for her, you know, nothing was really grabbing her. And uh, over time, in 2020, uh, I was commissioned along with a few other artists, Anna Murphy, Jane Barthas, uh, Calvin Strauss, we were commissioned by of our horde and beeline projects to do this mural in West Loop. And uh, the developers, it was John Buck, uh, Lend Lee, Intercontinental, they were wanting uh, a mural on their new property at the time that was being put up and it was gonna open during COVID. And uh, it was called Port, uh, Port Apartments. So uh, when LeVar had presented a concept where, you know, it incorporated the portrait of Miss Winfrey, uh, specifically from the Hollywood Reporter shoot that she did in January that year uh, with uh, Ruben Fondor. Um, they jumped all over it. They said, yeah, of course, we would, we would love to, you know, do this because, number one, there was nothing to commemorate her time there in uh, West Loop. The studio had been demolished and, you know, uh, new properties were built uh, in West Loop at that time. So there was nothing uh, of a public art caliber that was there, you know, to, you know, acknowledge that this was her area and that this long, you know, 25 year uh, show was filmed right here. So um, once they approved 
the next step was to get the approval from uh, um, from Ruben Afondor to use the image, you know, licensing the image for 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 use of the of uh, of creating the portrait. So uh, I think Lavar had received word that uh, it now belonged to uh, Harpo uh, Harpo Studios. So once uh, he reached out to Harpo. Uh, there was a period where we didn't hear anything back. And I think a couple of weeks passed by, I was actually installing another mural project in Bronzeville. Uh, and he came over to say, you know, uh, well, first he wanted to, you know, see the other mural, but also he was saying, you know, I think we should consider another concept for the mural in case we get a no or we don't hear anything back from, you know, the Harpo team. So as soon as he's walking back to his car, I kid you not, he gets the email saying that Miss Winfrey approved of the, uh, the image use. So from June of 2020, all the way into, I want to say October, October that year, um, you know, the team of us, you know, worked on that mural myself, Anna, Jane and, uh, Callan. And I would say midway through, um, say midway through the mural, I had just finished the portrait of Miss Winfrey at the time. Uh, serendipitously, one of her former executive assistants, Pierce Smith, walked by and she said, I was wondering who was, you know, doing this, uh, this portrait of her. So we ended up meeting, talking for a while. She was taking pictures and she started sending it off to, uh, sure, the, the Harpo and owned families. And um, I would say maybe two days later, I see a comment from Miss Winfrey herself on my IG page, you know, under the post where I had just posted the portrait of her. And, you know, she said, you know, I don't, I don't know how you did this, but, uh, you know, and for this to be in my, my old uh, West Loop stomping grounds, you know, not only does it look like me, it feels like me, you know, I thought that was cool. It was really cool to get that acknowledgement from her and to know that she's actually watching and she's seeing this. So upon the completion of the mural, uh, she actually sent a thank you video, you know, to myself, uh, the artists and, uh, and to LeVar and Beeline. Uh, so from there, what I did not know behind the scenes was that my name was now entered into, you know, that, you know, that group of artists. And by, I want to say early 2021, um, you know, Miss Winfrey was saying, I think this is, I think he's the one, I think he's, you know, this is, this is the artist. So by March yeah. of 21, you know, sounds a little bit like the matrix. We found Neo. <laughs> Not Neo, <laughs> but, um, but by March of 2021, uh, I received a message from, uh, uh Miss Dorothy Moss, who was one of the curators at the National Portrait Gallery at the time, uh, you know, she was the first to make contact and say, you know, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out uh, to see if you're interested in, you know, doing the portrait of Miss Winfrey. So I said, yeah, of course. And by, I would say, a week later, we were on a on a, on a Zoom meeting, and you know, it was like, wait, is this real? Like, is you know, um, it was just a very surreal moment. Number one, to be reached out for that, but also to to be. Um, you know, a month later to be face to face with Miss Winfrey, you know, we're talking virtually. So, you know, all of this happened pretty fast. And then, you know, it sank once, uh, you know, they respond the museum had reached back about uh, later in the month of May saying, you know, Miss Winfrey would like to proceed with you. So um, now granted at that time, I had no way, I had no idea how many artists she saw. I had no idea how long this was taking for them to match her with an artist, but you know, finding that out after the fact, I was like, wow, 
like, you know, um, part of me was like, man, who are the other artists? Like, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, for every portrait that's there at the museum, you know, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with, uh, skill. I don't think it has anything to do with the artist's name. I think it has to do with who that individual connects with the most. Um, and, you know, you can see that in the in the wide range of portraits that we've seen at the National Portrait Gallery, especially in the last, you know, five plus years. You know, you see a wide range of, you know, different artists in various styles. And, you know, that was who resonated with that individual person, you know. So, um, you know, for her to select me amongst a group of what I would assume are some really great high caliber names in the uh, in the portrait portrait making world in the art world. Um, you know, it was truly humbling to get that. You know, that's incredible, man. Mm -hmm. Now, talk us a little bit through your process when you're creating the portrait. Mm -hmm. uh, remember that first day with the blank canvas mm -hmm. at Layola's. Yeah. Museum of yeah. Art, a mm -hmm. private room. Yeah. Um, so my process is, like I said, I, I wish I could work from life more. Um, maybe there will be times where I can, you know, uh, go back to that because I really enjoy doing that. There is something about working from life that you really can't get from uh, photography. It's a little tougher when you're trying to bring life back into a static image as opposed to something that has movement to it and you're right there with it you see that you know three-dimensional form in front of you um but when it is uh, photography uh you know take a number of different images you know like i said we took over 600 and although we came across one pose you know all the other images still played a role in you know actually you know drawing certain things correctly uh you know the uh, the foreground and background of the piece. Uh, so I do a series of sketches, you know, uh, I do a series of studies, not just of the composition itself, but also uh, different parts of uh, the piece. I did a number of hand studies, just, you know, just doing drawings of her hands know, holding the olive branch. <laughs> you do, you do. Um, but different color studies too, you know, uh, it's, a, it's the phase where, I get to work out some things, you know, some some different ideas. Where did you learn that though? I mean, you have a distinct knowledge of, you know, anatomy and, you know, mm. human, you know, body and, you know, specifically the hands. Mm. So where where'd you, where'd you learn that? And hands used to be one of my weakest areas. I dreaded drawing and painting hands. Hands were were yeah, they were a nightmare for me, including portraits. You know, when I first started out, I did everything but portraits. Like I I avoided them. So I did a lot of landscape pieces. Uh if I did do any portraits, they were more based on characters from different shows, anime shows, animated shows. Uh so it my knowledge of anatomy really started at the American Academy of Art. Uh I had a really great anatomy teacher, uh Kristen Mount um, that was my introduction to, you know, you know, the anatomical figure. So studying, uh, you know, how the body moves, you know, uh, bone structures, you know, uh, you know, the entire, you know, anatomy of the human muscle, like every muscle in your body and how it turns, how it moves, um, you know, the nerves in your body even. I mean, you know, I started to learn that, you know, during my uh, beginning years there at the academy. And then when I reached the Florence Academy of Art, in uh in 2008 in their intensive drawing class you know it they further went uh into you know really 
causing you to understand the human anatomy. Um, and so I credit all of my knowledge to both, uh, both schools, you know, because that's really uh, a big, a big foundation as to how I've been able to really, you know, uh, better depict the human figure uh, in its correct proportion. Um, the movement of the human figure. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of, uh, a lot of knowledge, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of knowledge that I've been, you know, uh, given. So, um, and also too, you know, taking the bull by the horns and doing the study myself, you know, post, uh, post-college and continuing to study other artists, uh, both um, past and present, but also, you know, reading books, uh, doing exercises, you know, um, doing sketches of, you know, just a skeletal structure, doing sketches of, you know, these, these contour drawings where there's a lot of movement with the figure. We used to do these drills in my anatomy classes where a figure repulse for 30 seconds, so you have to capture the entire figure you know, with this continuous contour line drawing, you know, so uh, I credit a lot of where I am now to my schooling. Uh, it's, it's been completely invaluable. It has been a really big uh, factor into why I am where I am now. Um, and mind you, I have a lot that I still have to learn. Uh, I have a long way to go. You know, I am not the artist I see myself being yet. Um, I am still growing. Uh, I'm going to continue to to study and continue to to learn, and I'm I'm open to receiving uh, knowledge from other artists and people that I hold in high esteem. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you are the youngest African American that was commissioned, right? Yeah, from what I understand, yeah. I, I I believe that that is uh, that is the case. So you got uh, time. I have time. I have time. <laughs> you're, you're, you're good. Um, my next question for you is like, what was the most challenging part about the uh, process of making, you know, the piece? Was uh, it the dress? Um, it was, it was mainly the dress. Um, yeah, it was mainly the dress because uh, it's a taffeta fabric. And, you know, when certain light hits taffeta, it can have this little iridescent effect. So, uh, during the daytime, I was going back to some of the video footage that we captured, you know, the day of the shoot and how whenever she would move, you know, because we had two different light sources, we had the aperture, but then we had the actual sun. Mm -hmm. uh, this effect would happen where some parts of the dress looked more red than than purple and, and those little blues that are in there. So um, I did that. God, I did maybe about four or five different layers, you know, on the dress. You know, it, it, I was, I would say that was the toughest part. I spent the most time on that dress than I did anything else on that portrait. Um, but yeah, it was definitely gave me a run for my money. That's for sure. Um, but other than that, everything else was pretty quick. The portrait itself was pretty quick. Um, you know, the garden was even, you know, pretty, uh, I'd spent less time on the garden than I did on the dress, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I, for sure. And there was no ordinary garden. No, it was not. And, you know, I know that there have been questions around, you know, why is that tree prominent? Why are, why is the garden highlighted the way that it is? It's because, you know, that is her prayer garden. And, you know, she even told us when we went uh, to shoot there that that's her most vulnerable place, like on earth. Like that is where she does all of her praying and her, her crying and her, you know, she is truly uh, in her rawest form, 
when she's there. And so for me and to be there, I mean, it was a very otherworldly experience being there, you know, being in that particular place. I avoided it. And I think you all remember this. I didn't want to shoot there. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when I found out what it was, I'm like, uh, maybe we should leave that alone because I respect, I respect people's very vulnerable places like that. But she brought us there herself. And she said, you know, you're, you're probably going to get your best shot here. So, you know, just being in that space, it was really, it was really something, you know, and um, for me, the prayer garden was also a portrait itself. It was just as important yeah. as Isn't she was. Like 12 trees? Or? Yeah. So the entire estate is called the promised land. You know, it's a, it's a lot of biblical references uh, at her home, but in her prayer garden, there are 12 oak trees and you can see in parts of the portrait where, especially in the background where the trees intertwine with one another. Um, but the oak trees, she calls the 12 apostles, which refers to, you know, the disciples of, uh, of Christ, you know? So um, there's so many uh, symbolic references in, you know, that place. Um, and funny enough, one of the articles, it was the BBC article that pointed to a lot of those references. And um, I, I, was actually excited that somebody got that, you know? So it was, um, yeah, it was a very interesting, um, it was a very interesting thing to be there in, in this very peaceful pasture like area, uh, of her home. It was very different than being in other parts of her home too. So, um, yeah, I just found it to be, um, very enjoyable just depicting the garden itself. You know, uh, the garden is just absolutely stunning. And of course, um, no painting or photograph can really match the beauty of what that space was. You know, I can only do my best to, to show it, but. Um, he had to be there. Was, <laughs> you had to be there. It was spiritual. You you truly had to be there. Um, yeah. So yeah, but. I'm gonna flex a little, because uh, <laughs> I, asked, I, asked, I asked her um, who's been in there and she says, Nobody, nobody, nobody. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was why I left it alone, you know, cause I overheard what it was mm -hmm. before she actually, you know, said something about it. So we shot at her fountain for the first and half of it, this beautiful uh, fountain that's not too far off yeah. from the garden. So, um, but yeah, she was very open wow. and very just inviting and, yeah. you know, yeah. So the garden was a lot of fun to, uh, was a lot of fun to paint, but yeah, the dress was by far the most challenging thing about the painting and, you know, credit to Christian Siriano's, uh, you know, his, his art, I mean, just, you know, and mm -hmm. the speed in which he did that, uh, that dress is just, Brilliant. you know, remarkable. I wouldn't have known had they not said it, you know, while we were at the, uh, at the unveiling. So okay. yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that surprised you? Pivot a little bit uh, during the unveiling. Were there any surprises that day? Um, not really any surprises per se. I would say that. Um, well, I'll say this: I was surprised of how quickly it was just over with. Like it happened and it was done. Like yeah. it just it was a blur, you know. So I had to go back and look at you know, videos, I had to look at, um, you know, photos and, you know, look at the things that I missed, you know, but it was such a blur. It was, it was so fast how quickly everything just, you know, transpired. So I would say that, you know, um, it's like you're, you're spending the latter half of your senior year of high school, getting ready for prom, prom happens, prom was quick and it's over, 
you know, so it was well, similar two, to that. Well, you two dressed for prom. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is when we landed in DC and mm -hmm. uh, we met up for the first happy hour, mm -hmm. um, I made the joke that uh, we're here for your wedding. That's what, that's, that's what it felt like. <laughs> and then I didn't even know she was wearing a white dress, which is so funny about it. I was expecting her to wear something purple because throughout the latter half of this year, all she's worn is different shades of purple, lavender, lilac, you know, royal purple. Like, I thought that she was going to come in with something, not the dress, yeah, but yeah, yeah. something along the lines of purple. And she came in with a white dress that oh. threw me all the way off. And I laughed at myself because I remember what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it was, it was cool. And I was in all black. So it just, yeah. yeah, it further made the joke. Yeah, yeah. We started calling you Shawn Michael Winfrey after that. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so funny, uh, Don Caposha, um, uh, one of my collectors, he and Tommy Pegas, Don actually said, what's the W? for Winfrey, you know, so, <laughs> so that was actually, uh, it was funny. Um, there were a few folks, actually another friend of mine texted me like henceforth this day forward, your name is Shawn Michael Winfrey, you know, so, um, funny. so, so yeah. we asked her about it and she said that she's going to wear purple again tonight because we were going to the screening of the color purple. Mm -hmm. So she said she wanted to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also uh, actually like that move. It threw yeah, no, it was, everybody it off. It was really cool. Everybody expected her to be in something purple. And then when we're actually in the um, in the small room where they had this gathered before we went on stage, yeah. she walked in all white. I'm like, wait a minute. OK, OK. That's not what I expected. But I mean, regardless. And she also I mean, said the portrait, you know, she's wearing purple in the portrait, you know. So yeah, she's, yeah. She knows she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She does. So yeah, I uh I like that move. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was a great great wardrobe true. move. So And the images yeah. uh supported, you know. So mm -hmm. it was, looked really, really um awesome. Uh Sean, let's talk a little bit about kind of uh, like your artistic uh practice in a different sense. Mm -hmm. Um when you're painting, is there do you have like a daily you know, routine. Mm -hmm. um, I know you like music. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I I know that so many different people have their their thing that they do before they start our work, but I I really don't have like an actual like routine per se. Uh, you know, mine is simple. I usually pray before I start our work, and then. You know, I put on some jazz music, put on some house music. Um, you know, I may have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and that's it. You know, I'm just working away. Just you smooth. Know? You're just smooth like that. I, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just simple, you know, um, and I'll be like in a trance for hours just just working. Sometimes it's easy to lose track of time, you mm -hmm. know, when you're really deep in creative mode and, uh, you know, I can start something in the morning and next thing I know it's like 8 PM and, Oh man, I haven't eaten. I haven't, you know, done anything. Yeah, we remember uh, when we were working on Califia. <laughs> Let's get this man out the cave. What was so funny was I was working. Califia came during the time I was actually working on the portrait still on yeah. the Winfrey portrait. And this was, you know, I squeezed that into, you know, that whole thing. Look and it was doing uh, two paintings at the same time. It happens. You know, sometimes <laughs> you get more than one commission. Uh, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to balance your time between both. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But it was really cool because the BBC article mm -hmm. referenced Lorena Calafia. It did. It did. 
So yeah, for worked, sure. Worked out. It did work out for sure. <laughs> and then what do you do for meditation? I mean, you see, you mentioned you pray, you know, mm -hmm. man but of yeah, God. Absolutely. And for me too, it's like, sometimes I would just sit and just listen to music. You know, I'll just sit and I'll have, um, any favorite artists? Uh, we're going to tag people, man. Yeah. We're going to tag, tag people. people um, here. you know, my, my brother has a, has a very great, uh, meditative like uh, album where it's just him That's on right. acoustic piano, uh, power of simplicity. Uh, my brother, Anthony, uh, that's, uh, that's one. I would also yeah. say, uh, you know, Robert Glasper, I would say Kamasi Washington, uh, Kurt Elling, uh, just different, you know, jazz artists. I mean, I grew up on jazz. So of course that's, if my life had a soundtrack, it would be jazz, you know, it would be jazz music. Boom, so. got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then house music, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan All of right. house, you know, Chicago guy, you know, house is the birthplace, uh, Chicago is the birthplace of house music. So shout out Frankie Knuckles, rest in peace, Frankie Knuckles. So yeah, I, I would say yeah. those two genres in, in particular, uh, I listen to, and sometimes in between breaks, I'll just sit down, I'll just sit on my couch, you know, I'll just do nothing, I'll just listen, you know, I'll just listen to, to music. And, you know, jazz music in particular plays a really big role in yeah. my thought process, my creative process, and sure. just thinking of some of the greats, you know, past and present, you know, and just how they approach jazz, like an art form, you know, how they approach their music in a very expression, uh, expressionist way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it, it really affects and impacts the work that I do, you know, and For how sure. my work turns out. So, you know, I think of, again, Kamasi Washington, you know, for him, you know, uh, when the Epic came out in 2015, you know, it was, you know, going back to a time where you had these large ensembles, you know, you had an orchestra, you had a choir, you had a horn section, you know, it's reminiscent of uh, Pharaoh Saunders, you know, and, uh, and his music where it's like these, you know, really epic, like, you know, epically composed, like, yeah you know, scores, you know, um, and I love listening to music like that. And, you know, I do a lot of, um, you know, uh, orchestral, uh, music as well. I love listening to certain soundtracks, you know, by, uh, currently right now it's Hans Zimmer, uh, Ludwig Gornson, yeah, we got, we got uh, a friend Michael Giacchino. We got a friend that works with Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Mike, Mike Jones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Chicago um, too. so there's a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, you know, very gifted musicians, you know, composers of sound, artists of sound that, mm -hmm. you know, I love listening to because it helps with, uh, putting me in that state of, uh, creativity and, and being able to, to work, um, without, you know, any, any distractions, any, you know, so I, I really, Virgil Abloa, rest in, rest in peace, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. started DJing at some point. Mm. You going to DJ Sean? Uh, I'll leave that to my brother. <laughs> I'll leave that uh, to my brother. Anthony's really talented. He yeah, yeah. Serenaded us a couple of times. With oh, for sure. Musical for powers. Sure. Hey, for you sure. know, I mean, he's a producer for Lupe Fiasco. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Dude, dude yeah. knows what he's doing. I'll leave that to him. I, yeah, I, I know my I line. remember <laughs> when we uh, all had that trip to Dubai. Came in and uh, he was at the hotel. I'm like, hey, man. Coming oh, down, to, yeah. coming down to eat. I'm making music. 
Yeah, he yeah, brought his what uh, equipment. Did he bring to make? He music? brought his board with him, and he yeah. made an entire like uh, he made an EP during our time he in uh, Dubai. <laughs> so, but it's that dedication to the craft, yeah. and that's one thing I really admire about him. Like he really is, uh, he really is dedicated, you know, to 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 music. He's dedicated to, you know, his artistry, and you know that inspires me a lot too. Yeah. You know, so having another artist in my family even though it's a different medium, you know, that keeps me, you know, motivated. You got you know. a lot of talents in your family. It's yeah. Good genetics. Sure. It is good genetics. Yeah. You know, I'm very blessed to be in a family that is good in a, in a, uh, in a variation of things, you know? So, um, yeah, it's been really great being amongst that and being raised by folks. Proud, oh, for sure they are. Oh man. Yeah. They, <laughs> this week in DC. Oh my God. <laughs> they have been, completely beside themselves but yeah. you know you know that's it's it's a gift uh that i'm glad i've been able to give to them you know yeah. to honor them honor their name um you know honor them as as parents and be an example um of you know how well they've invested into me and how well that they've you know raised yeah. me so you know i i um funny enough we were at the we went back to the mpg the next day and uh, we had just came from brunch. I just wanted to do a walkthrough, you know, with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were people at the portrait already taking pictures and all that. And so my dad just says, hey, you want to meet the artist? He's right here. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm like, oh. Did, did, did you like that? <laughs> they did. But, I mean, you know, this is this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And, yeah. you know, um, I'm like, okay. Oh, all right, all right, yeah, I'll take the pictures. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but okay. no, they're they're proud. You know, they they're they're very proud, and you know, it, it means a lot to have you know have given this gift to them, you know, and honoring their name and honoring you know their um their place in my life by you know accomplishing this, you know, and I and I'll know that I'll go on to accomplish other things though, but you know, for this being you know that really big thing, you know, so far in my life and career. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, that is a beautiful gift, you know, mm -hmm. to your parents, to your family, mm -hmm. and in a world stage. Mm -hmm. But it also, you, you've given this gift to Chicago. Yeah. You know, because what Oprah means, you know, to Chicago, mm -hmm. you being here, you know, from Chicago, yeah. Darius being here from Chicago, mm -hmm. I mean... It is incredible, man. It's we're, a full we're, we're circle. All, we're all proud of you. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's a full circle Chicago story. And there's so many Chicago elements involved in this, involved yeah. in the portrait itself. I mean, even some of the crew members with Miss Winfrey are from Chicago. That's right. You know, so, uh, you know, the place that the portrait was created, you know, Luma, Loyola, Chicago. Um, you know, it's just, there are just so many different moving parts in this. And, um, you know, that, that, uh, originate from here. And the one thing about our city, uh, I don't care what anybody says about it, especially those that have never yeah, been here. Yeah, because we got a bunch of haters. Uh, <laughs> but Chicago <laughs> is one of the most premier breeding grounds for the most talented people on the planet. Um, you know, from acting to music to art to, um, to sports. I mean, you know, at that time, too, you got to think, you know, it wasn't just Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, just, you know, further west, you know, two of the yeah. most iconic people in the world before social media came along, before, barely before the Internet was here. Um, they were, you know, 
two very, you know, huge like giants in the world. You yeah. know, obviously the third would be Michael Jackson. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to think the world knew who they were. I mean, Jackson is from down the street. Right. Gary. Gary. Gary, Gary. So it ain't far. Uh, so, yeah, we'll you know, we claim, we'll, we'll claim him too. Gary. <laughs> we'll claim him too. But yeah, so, you had, yeah. you know, you know, these three individuals that were globally recognized, you know, yeah. very early on. And I mean, you grew up in Abu Dhabi seeing Oprah Winfrey, you know, oh, that's yeah. what's so. That was, that was the only way I could calm my aunts down. Mm, mm. Like when Oprah came on, it's like, psh, can yeah. hear anybody say yeah. anything. So she's a, she's a pillar in, in, in pop culture. And she's an inf influencer yeah. before the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So the original other, influencer. So, the, so all yeah. these other influencers. <laughs> You didn't do it before the internet. Right. There was and no I, Instagram. I, that's there was the thing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. To do it before all of that until you, for your reach to expand throughout the world, you mm -hmm. know, that early on, you know, before technology became what it is now. I mean, that is, that's big. It is legendary. It's very yeah. big. Yeah, for sure. So Sean, no pressure. I mean, after capturing, you know, someone, an individual that's basically national treasure, mm -hmm. global treasure. Mm-hmm. What's next for you? Uh, I would say right now it's rest. That's because important. I need that uh, self-care. Uh, you know, um, yeah, that's essential to be able to continue on. But uh, but next, you know, I want to uh, number one, continue to uh, explore in terms of, uh, you know, being being an artist, you know, uh, sharpen myself more. Uh, because, like I said, I still have a long way to go. You sound you know? like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> like, he said the same thing. Trophy. Yeah, he says the same thing. I want these trophies. He's like, no, I have to work a yeah. little bit more in skill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I want to become a more skilled artist. You know, um, for me, it's important to uh, continue to grow. I mm -hmm. don't want to get comfortable with where I'm at. I don't want to, you know, settle with where I'm at and I don't want to plateau as an artist either. You know, I want to continue to evolve, you know, both in thought process and in skill, uh, and in storytelling as well. You know, um, that's important for me and, uh, growth, uh, you know, refinement. These are things that I really, you know, uh, cleave to a lot when it comes to being an artist. So, yeah, I, I want to continue down that road and then, you know, create works of art that are honest and sincere, um, that tell stories that, you know, highlight different people and events and, you know, both past and present, you know, of, of all, you know, backgrounds and creeds and races, you know, just being able to um, share these different stories and, um, you know, share cultures, you know, with, with other people from around the world and, um, so yeah, those are some things that I, that I envision for myself and exhibiting in other places around the world and, you know, just, you know, growing, um, uh, well, you made a lot of friends around the world, man. So I don't <laughs> think that's going to be a problem, Yeah, that's but let true. me tell you, man, um, it's been really been heartwarming, you know, to see the amount of support, um, and just even through our platform, through Tech in the Hood, um, the comments mm -hmm. and how many people that are, you know, supporting you, mm -hmm. um, you know, in season one, you gave a lot of, you know, great advice, mm. but after this moment, you know, and what you, you know, experienced, what advice would you give, um, other 
artists. I mean, honestly, people, people in general, it could be, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, so when I look at mm -hmm. you, I look at an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. I don't look at just, you know, an, an artist and, you know, to see you, you know, shine at the Smithsonian and mm -hmm. for you, even when you were working with the team that was conserving, you know, the piece and working mm -hmm. on varnishing the piece mm -hmm. and speaking to some of the Smithsonian commissioners and explaining to them, you know, the chemistry that goes into you know all of this mm -hmm. and all i hear was we use one third of the periodic table as artists <laughs> and mentioning the metals and i'm like I'm, ta I'm taking notes i'm like all right this will be included in the master class all right there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 incredible so as you know as humble as you are and you thinking about okay well i need to improve my skills but man you got skills you know, Thank you. so you're, you. you know, the definition of moving in silence mm -hmm. and, you know, letting your work speak for itself. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been humbling and incredible to just, just sit there and just watch your journey, you know, unfold. Mm -hmm. And man, you're young. You yeah. got a whole, you got, you, you got a lot to gift, you know, to the world. Mm -hmm. So want to say thank you thank you on, i'm speaking on behalf of all of chicago mm. thank you i appreciate it um i now give the advice because i had to add to, add to pick you up a little bit <laughs> um at this point and this is something i would say is a little more universal uh number one you cannot do this on your own uh it really truly does take a village and, you know, part of my remarks that day was, you know, making that known that this was not an individual effort. Uh, it took a lot for me to, number one, get that commission. Um, but it took even more, uh, more people, more things, more connections, more, um, you know, just more things in general to, you know, get here even, you know, so you can't do it on your own. Uh, a lot of artists do not have that that team, that group behind them to, to number one, protect them, uh, to protect their IP, but also to protect their creative time. And, you know, I've had a great team, you know, I mean, between yourself and, you know, Andrew and Khalil and Nidra and Joe. Um, I mean, we've had so many great people, you know, on board that has, you know, number one, protected my creative time, but also protected my work and my IP. Uh, that's important, you know, you can't do everything on your own. You know, um, it's hard when you're an individual artist because you have to be your own web developer, you have to be your own marketer, you have to be your own financier, you have to be your own agent, your own lawyer, you know, and so many different things. And then in between all of that, you still have to find time to create. So, um, with anyone in any field, any entrepreneur, any, uh, regardless of what that industry is that they're in, you can't do it on your own. You know, the CEO can't do it on their own. You know, um, the president can't do it on his own. He has a whole cabinet. He has, you know, advisors, he has, you know, different members of, uh, of, of, uh, of office and different offices, you know, around him you know, to help make decisions. And then there's a whole another branch. There's, there's Congress, you know, uh, if a decision that they deem is a little, eh, no, maybe not, um, you know, they'll, they'll put that check in place. So it takes a lot to, you know, be 
uh, at this stage. And if I did not have, you know, that team, that community, that trust and support, uh, that trusted support and protection, um, you know, things would have gotten a little wild, I think, you know, especially with, you know, the world, like coming into knowledge of who I am and just all the bombardment of, of just different people, messages that have come about, you know, press, you know, all that. So, um, my team has been the X factor in all of this, you know, so it is a community effort. I would say to artists, you know, it's okay to relinquish some control um, because, uh, you know, you can't, if you want to get to a certain, a certain place where you're, you know, sought after you're in institutions, uh, you know, you want to do shows that are more, you know, um, uh, they're geared more towards people that are high profile collectors or, or even people that are, um, um, you know, uh, people that are from various institutions. I mean, it's important to, uh, protect yourself. You know, there are people out there that do have a good heart and do want to help, uh, and do want to, you know, take artists by the hand and guide them through a very, uh, tough and a very, uh, predatorial, uh, world and, and market. So, uh, so yeah, I would say that first and foremost, you know, it does take a village and, you know, um, without that, you know, you, you are open to so many different things. You cannot fight against the world on your own. You know, you cannot defend yourself against the world on your own. That's so a, that's a brilliant advice, man. Um, but for the master class, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned X factor. I'm just going to mm-hmm. put it on flex factor, flex, the flex factor, look. coin that look, <laughs> look. You know, and uh, I'll have to k- figure out what this chemical reaction is going to look like. So, like, it's a catalyst, mm. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I need, to, I need to, I need to, I need to consult somebody yeah. <laughs> yeah, just so I can protect myself. The internet is vicious. Oh, it uh, is. I don't want people. It is an interesting cesspool of, oh, good <laughs> Lord. I don't want people, to, and it's gotten weird with Web3. I don't oh, want for all sure. those yeah. bored apes and all those. <laughs> People coming for me, you know. <laughs> now I can't even see what you look like, but mm. it's all good. Welcome to, welcome to Twitter and Web three. Yeah. But um, Sean, it's been incredible, you know, mm. having you mm. um, on the show and just your last piece of advice is, you know, something I always advise entrepreneurs um, as well is whenever you start, you know, a company or a business, the first thing you should do is uh, build an advisory yes. uh, board. I would like to say that, you know, uh, starting the uh, podcast has made that easier, you know, for me with mm-hmm. Tech in the Hood, you know, so uh, people that I brought on that are guests became advisory board members, people mm-hmm. that have listened to the podcast became advisory, you know, board uh, members. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to as many people as possible, talking to, as, you know, and having those people in your corner as advisors, mm-hmm. like you said, is immense whatever yeah. whatever you know you're doing i mean you're talking mm-hmm. from an artist standpoint but you're also a businessman mm-hmm. you know you're an entrepreneur yeah you know i mean sometimes it's you're a solopreneur when mm-hmm. you're no longer a solopreneur because you got you know um a whole team you know around you which is um which is awesome yeah for sure um but yeah man we're just excited for all the great things that are coming your way and you know you deserve it you know thank you um embrace it and um i know you're a Sox fan but i'm gonna <laughs> make you throw the first pitch at uh wrigley all sorry, right fine sorry bro <laughs> it's the hat 
helps. I'll do that. I'll do that. So yeah. All right. I got you on camera. So. All right. Yeah. 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 You know. Right. I'll. I'll. I'll All do right. it. I'll follow through with that. See you at Wrigley, man. See you at Wrigley. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tech in the Hood. It's an honor to have you along for this journey. I hope you tune in next week. Tech in the Hood is recorded in Ravenswood at the Chicago Podcast Studio. If you want to hear more, you can help by leaving an honest review of Tech in the Hood wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Tech in the Hood.